Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Hey, uh, hello everyone. Welcome to Winchester Radio. Just like Jensen and Jared said, um, Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking in. In a little bit, we're going to be talking about um, Supernatural's big 200th episode. But uh, first of all, tonight, we're going to be talking to Jim Beaver, who is here. Uh, we're going to talk about his play, uh, Verdigris, and its Kickstarter. And we also might manage a question or two about Supernatural. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Jim. Thank you for coming on. Well, thank you for being there when I got on it. <laughs> um, I'm glad to I'm glad to be back with you guys. Great, thank you. Yes, I think third time, third time the charm. Um, <laughs> we'll see about I... that. <laughs> That's right. We're just getting started. <laughs> Ask mm-hmm. this in ten minutes. Um, do you want to just talk a little bit about your play and the Kickstarter, how things are going, and and all that? And uh, yeah, we're. Um, uh, Probably most of your listeners know by now because I haven't shut up too much about it. Uh, um, I'm uh, uh, we're trying to uh, raise funds to produce a play that I wrote uh, called Vertigris. Uh It'll be done in Los Angeles uh, next March, uh, presuming that we raise the uh, raise the money to put it on, and we're getting very close. It's uh, it's on. Um, on Kickstarter. Uh, if you're looking for it, you can go to uh, you can either go to Kickstarter.com and do a search on my name, uh, or you can uh, go directly to our link, which is VertigresThePlay.com, um, all one word, and um, uh, and that will take you directly to the Kickstarter page. Um, we're um, uh, we're trying. We're trying to do do this on a on a kind of personal basis. It's uh, the 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 uh, the atmosphere for uh, raising money for theater in the old way, where you went around trying to get corporate donations and things like that, has changed a lot with the uh, with the changing economy, and it's gotten much much harder to um, uh, to approach it from that direction. And uh, we just felt like um, it was the kind of thing that we could maybe uh, involve uh, the community at large with and, uh, uh, and maybe give the people who join in with us um, a, a little something back to, uh, uh, to make it both fun and worthwhile for them. So that's what we're doing. We're pretty close, I think. I haven't checked the numbers in... Uh, last few hours, but uh, I think we were uh, around 70% of our goal, uh, and I think we've got 11 days left. So, And the big important thing is that um, if we don't get 100% of our goal, we don't get any of the money. So um, it's very important to us to, to get all the way to the uh, 100% mark. And uh, we've got a few days left to do that. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that uh, there's a there's a video of me talking even slower and more stumbly uh, on the uh, 
on the website explaining in more detail about the play and and what we're trying to do. But uh, that's it in a nutshell. Can you can you tell us a bit about the play? No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler um, alert. Yeah. Um, well, the the play grew out of uh, experiences I had when uh, when I was in college. Um, I uh, I saw an, I, I was looking for for a, a job to help me pay my bills while I was in college, and uh, there was an ad in the local paper in this small town in Oklahoma that was really kind of intriguing. It said, um, "Wanted a young man." To help uh, a businesswoman in wheelchair, um, free college education must be six foot tall or more. And I thought that's that's a pretty wild uh, job description. And um, I applied for it, and I got the job, and I found myself working for this woman who. Um, had been paralyzed for many years with uh, severe arthritis, and she could not take care of herself in any way uh, at all, and yet she ran the lives of everyone around her like some kind of field marshal. And um, she was funny and smart and mean and... uh, at the same time, good-hearted and sarcastic and and uh, uh, outrageous and completely remarkable. And so were a lot of the people who worked for her. Um, and so while this was going on, I had never written a play in my life. I had no intention of being a playwright. But while it was going on, I thought, okay, this has to be a play. Uh, it was just too dramatic and interesting and, and bizarre and fascinating and funny a situation. And so um, a few years later, I um, I turned it into a play. And uh, we had a uh, wonderfully successful production in Los Angeles uh, many years ago. And practically everything from my uh, professional career to even... Uh, substantial parts of my personal life uh, that are good, I I track back to the the uh, success of the play the first time we did it. Um, I got a big agent out of it. I got uh, that led to a TV writing career, which led to my acting career, which led me to uh, Winchester Radio, um, <laughs> and uh, and I you know, I I I met my late wife Cecily. Uh, because of that production. So I, I've got a 13-year-old daughter who um, can trace her roots back to Vertigree. So oh, wow. It's a very personal uh, story, uh, both in terms of how it came to be and, and the story itself. And um, uh, I'm really thrilled that uh, my home theater company, Theater West in Los Angeles, is, uh, is doing a... Uh, uh, 30th anniversary revival of it, and we're gonna we're just trying to do the uh, do the hard part right now, which is raise the money, and um, that's uh, that's it in a really huge nutshell. Wow, 
and it, it's a, it's a really deeply personal um, project. I can, you know, from the way you, it, so much has come to you for it. It's just, it just sounds, you know, really, really good. I really, you know, I, I have donated uh, one of the um, camp, one of the levels that I donated for was for tickets. And I've all, I'm already planning um, coming out there. My brother lives in LA. So I'm like, I can stay with him. Oh. I can go to the play. <laughs> Wonderful. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And she's taking well, we're, me myself. Um, <laughs> yes. Vinny's coming with, Vinny's coming with me. <laughs> okay. Well, the more the merrier. Um, uh, we're, um, uh, the, the team that we've, uh, that, uh, that is putting this together, um, my director, Mark Travis, directed the original production uh, 30 years ago, and uh, he and I have been talking and dreaming about this uh, revival for a very long time, and I'm really excited to have him on board. And um, uh, my, um, he also directed the uh uh, production of The Lion in Winter that I was in a few years back that was one of the most amazing experiences of my theatrical career. And um, and our producer on that production, Charlie Mount, is uh, 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 the lead producer on this production as well. So we've got a team that uh, has worked really well together in the past and I'm very excited probably going to be able to do. And I'm really excited about being able to involve uh, uh, the people who follow my work and who knows who who are fans of Supernatural or some of the other things I've done. It's it may it may seem like uh, um, I'm well I am dependent on the fans uh, uh, to help make this happen, but it's um, to me it's. It's a way of, it's not just a way of raising money, it's also a way of involving people uh, that I care about and and uh, feeling like we're, we've really got a grassroots kind of thing going on rather than just going and uh, uh, begging some foundation for money uh, where they may or may not have anything vested in our success. Um, the the one thing I've I've discovered in the course of this process is that uh, so many people uh, who have jumped in and, and participated and backed the project are people who ha- have a real strong feeling of wanting it to succeed and uh, and of wanting to be part of something I'm working on and that's incredibly touching to me. It's so. It's not just flattering. It's touching. It it moves me very deeply that people who watch a show I uh, worked on would care about some project uh, that was of personal importance to me enough to uh, to jump in and uh, uh, and be part of it. So um, I'm so grateful to Supernatural fans for so much in my life and this is just the latest example well we're we're very you know bobby means a lot to everybody not just and it's not just bobby it's you um not to get all syrupy and you know stacker in here but it, it it's true i mean 
you know, the 200th episode was this week. And, if, you know, you weren't there, Jim Beaver, but Bobby was in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the final scene was the family. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it was Sam, Dean, John, Mary, Adam, and Bobby. And it, it, it's true. It's, you know, that is the, yeah. the Supernatural family mm-hmm. right there. Well, mm-hmm. so, it's it's. I just saw the, I just saw the 200th episode last night. Finally got around to it, uh, and uh, uh, and it, I thought it was so charming and so funny, and mm-hmm. and so I mean it was to me it was such a love letter to the fans, uh, um, because I know that everybody on the show really really appreciates the way that uh, all of you guys have have taken the show to heart and. Uh, um, uh, I wish desperately I could have been part of it uh, uh, <clears throat> as as me as an actor, um, but I was I was really really touched to see that that there was a, a a little bit of homage to Bobby and that he was included and and that there was you know a little a little dramatic version of the appreciation that I feel from all the fans for the character, uh, was incorporated into the show. And, uh, um, I, I'm, I'm taller than the Bobby that was, uh, uh, but you know, the fact is when you're standing next to Sam and Dean, everybody looks short. So, um, uh, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I showed, I showed my daughter, uh, Maddie, the the episode last night, and we also watched the French Mistake, which she had never seen, and uh, um, and she laughed hysterically through through both of them, and uh, <laughs> uh, and and they're both episodes that I that I think would have been so much fun to be part of, um, and uh, and I regret not being part of either one of them uh, directly, although you know at least Bobby got mentioned in both of them. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. French mistake starts starts out and ends in Bobby's house, so mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course there's you know, the the great line, what kind of douchebag names a character after himself? Uh, <laughs> which I really love because, you know, uh, as 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 most of us know, Bob Singer was adamantly opposed to the character being named after him, but by the time he voiced his opposition it was too late so um uh so i i get a real i get a kick out of that line um so so did you guys see the 200th episode oh yeah yeah. oh yeah yeah oh yeah right (laughs) (laughs) no you just skipped that one huh that was this mm-hmm. week. I totally forgot i totally forgot that was this week (laughs) (laughs) yeah and the so, songs are stuck in my head. <laughs> right, um, right. I've been, I've been yeah. singing them every day. Much <laughs> to my I, chagrin, I, a couple of them. <laughs> the I'm Big Brother Dean's, that song, that line, has been in my head all week. Yeah. <laughs> that and yeah. The Road So Far. The Road So Far. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, wow, what a great idea to turn Carry On Wayward Son into a ballad. Mm, um, right. it beautiful. It came out beautiful. It was yeah, gorgeous. It was lovely. I just, I just so, I just so wished I, I could have been there. And hey, that last, that last shot, uh, uh, not to spoil anything for people, but that was pretty amazing. Um, 
the appearance. Oh, you of, can spoil. Uh, We're here to talk yeah. about the episode, so spoil away. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, 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 um, I keep my ear to the ground pretty good, but I had no idea that that Chuck was going to show up again. And yeah, that was so cool. That mm-hmm. was cool, and uh, that ought to uh, that ought to rejuvenate Rob's uh, convention career for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> uh, and I hope it means that I hope it means that um, he'll be back around. So um, yeah, yeah, me too. It's um, been five years, you know, since Chuck was on the show, wow. and yeah, it's a long time. So. Yeah. And you know, there's all you know that speculation around, you know, that he's God and everything. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it'd be great to have that come back and you know get him confirmed this year as actually, actually Chuck is God. That would be cool. Yeah. Well, that was, I you know they I think they went a long way toward uh, confirming that or at least suggesting yeah. that yeah there could be some truth to it in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It was very I agree. cool. And. Uh, well, and it was great to see no Rob. One, He's such a great guy. No one knows better than you that just because your character dies doesn't mean you're not coming back in some capacity. So, yeah, well, you know, I'm a little impatient right now. <laughs> 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 I would, uh, I would so love to be back up there working with that bunch. Uh, it's just, it's one of the best places I've ever worked in my life, and um, uh, and I miss it. You know, it's I, I I don't I try not to make any secret of that. I I I miss it. I've been doing a lot of great stuff, but uh, there there aren't many jobs like like Supernatural, and uh, um, it's just been one of the best experiences of my life. And I'm I'm happy to continue it if they should ever decide they want me to. So <laughs> well, the fans definitely miss you. Over on our um, on our Facebook page, we have over. 800,000 likes on the Facebook page. And whenever we make any post about you on there, no matter what it's about, there will be tons and tons of comments saying, we miss Bobby. We want Bobby back. We miss Bobby. So the fans definitely want you back too. It's, it's so flattering. It's so, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't understand, uh, actors who, don't appreciate how much their fans care about them. There, I don't think there are many actors who don't appreciate it. But there are a few. For me, it's um, you know, it's like it's like getting up every morning and finding uh, a, a dozen red roses on the table every day. Uh, I get so much kindness and so much generosity and friendship and affection from the fans, and uh, I wouldn't trade that for anything. It's just it's mm-hmm. it's uh it's amazing. I and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. You guys are great. Yeah. Thank you. Aw. You're so good. I mean there's a couple of weirdos, but <laughs> And this is why we're such a fan of you. You're just so great. We just love you. Oh, well. It's mutual. <laughs> it's mutual. And so, you know, uh, I keep I keep saying there there's a way to bring Bobby back because it you know there's a way because time got changed last year when Crowley's son you know I know you you you're not keeping up with it but Crowley's son was not killed when he was supposed to be and they even mentioned on the show that it that everything that should have happened will now change so there's like with a t- 
time change. There's a way that they could bring Bobby back. It's actually possible. I just wish well, they would actually go that way. I've been, I've been, I've been telling them every time I get a chance. Uh, I don't see them very often, but uh, if I do, I, I, you know, it's, and, uh, and you know, I want to, I, I want to be clear. It's not for lack of work. I'm very fortunate to, to be doing some fascinating other things, but. Um, like I said before, I, I can, I just can't think of any place I'd rather be working. And, uh, and it's also such a fun character to play. Uh, it's, uh, I get to be, I get to be gruff, but lovable, you know? I mean, that's a, that's a great spot for an actor. Um, and, um, uh, one of the great things, you know, I was watching, while I was watching French Mistake last night, I was thinking they do such a good job on this show of making of setting it up so that the fans love even the terrible people. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got, uh, 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 Balthazar Crowley and all of these people who are pretty evil. And yet, um, they, they build them, describe them and, and play them in such a way that the, uh, uh, the, the fans just glom onto them like uh, uh, almost like family themselves, and that's that's pretty amazing because you know mm-hmm. some shows people hate the actors who play the bad people, and uh, that's pretty much not the case with Supernatural. It's like uh, we got the good people we love and we got the bad people we love. When mm-hmm. Lucifer is a fan favorite, that tells you something right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and death. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, death it's, uh, thing, right? everybody's so cool. Um, uh, it's, uh, you know, I've been on shows where the, the, the bad, the bad guy, you just want to see him die and be gone. And, uh, on this show, it seems like, even the worst people were kind of like, well, yeah, but we, we'd watch some more of him. Um, you know, don't kill him. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a really interesting show, uh, from my perspective, because it's not at all what I expected it to be when I first heard of it. And, um, um, it's pretty cool and funny. So, um, uh, we're, um, you know, I'm just crossing my fingers that uh, there's a little more of it left for me, and um, uh, we will um, we'll see what we see. Speaking of the work you've been doing, uh, when uh, is there a release date anytime soon for the movie you do with Guillermo del Toro? Uh, well, there's a release date. It's not anytime soon. Um, ah. uh, Crimson Peak is due out. Uh, next October, um, and I'm really sort of chomping at the bit to see it. It's hard to believe I've got we've got nearly a year before it comes out. So um, um, we will um, we'll have to wait, I guess. I know I, I talked to Guillermo um, not long ago, and he said that he had. Um, um, he was, he was, you know, ready to release it in January, but the, uh, the studio for some reason wanted to, uh, 
um, uh, wanted to save it until next uh, um, until next year. I mean, until late later next year. And um, um, well, uh, I don't think I don't think Guillermo's going to be able to get them to change their minds. So um, we'll just have to see. Um, it's it's kind of a scary movie, right? Is anybody wanting it to come out in October or, for Halloween, or I I think that's I I, I really think that that's um, that's probably it. Um, and, um, uh, it, because it's, I mean, it's a ghost story. It's, uh, sort of a horror movie. And I, I suspect that that's, um, that's going to be the, um, the, the well, I can't think of the word that I think that's going to be their, their impulse and, uh, intention. That's the word I'm looking for. But, um, uh, they, I don't know, there may be marketing considerations that I don't know about, but all I know is uh, what I've seen of the film is uh, pretty amazing. I've only seen a few short scenes, but um, it looks gorgeous. And Guillermo is just the most magnificent, brilliant director. Um, he's just, uh, he's gifted in ways that I have not uh encountered before and uh so it's i think it's going to be a beautiful movie and uh and kind of scary and kind of real scary mm-hmm. and kind of very scary uh Ooh, awesome yeah mm-hmm. so um um you guys will have to be the judge of that though of course i know mm-hmm. i've been looking forward to it uh, i loved your post you would you would make um, Facebook at, um, while you were filming it, and it just sounds so good. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Unfortunately, I couldn't talk too much about details. Uh, the studio's very hush-hush uh, about it, uh, so I had to talk in kind of broad strokes about what was going on. But um, rest assured that I'm really proud of it, and 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 we had a great time making it. And I, I got to work with some fabulous actors. I don't know if you've heard of this Tom Hiddleston guy. Um, <laughs> but, Vaguely, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's an up-and-comer, I think. Um, he, he's, he's, uh, he's just one of the best people I've ever worked with. So much fun. Such a, such a terrific, sweet guy. And, uh, and the same really went for everybody in the cast. I, uh, uh, I got to work with Charlie Hunnam from... Sons of Anarchy and Pacific Rim, another really great guy. Um, and then these uh, these beautiful, lovely uh, these beautiful, lovely women, Jessica Chastain and Mia Wasikowska. Oh yeah, um, yeah, great actors. Yeah, they're uh, they're not they're not uh, they're not the second team. That's for sure. They're uh, they're they're <laughs> definitely people who bring their a game and and really nice and uh you don't always get that with with big stars but uh um yeah i'd say really really nice people all the way around it was such a joy to work on uh and, you know the 200th episode aired this week and so i just just have to know 
out of all 200 episodes of Supernatural, what was your either most favorite to watch or most favorite to film? Um, well, you know, I've got two or three favorites that I, that I did. Uh, uh, probably most favorite is, is Weekend at Bobby's just because I had so much to do and it was such a fun script. Um, uh, I had such a blast doing that. And it was also uh, a real joy to be in Jensen's first directorial job um, and watch him just blossom in that job. He's so good at it. Um, so that usually ends up being my favorite, although um, I really love uh, Death's Door. I really love Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. I really love Dream a Little Dream of Me. Um, it's so much fun on so many episodes. Um, it's uh, it's hard to pick a favorite, but if I, you know, if you put a gun to my head, I'd probably say we get to Bobby's. Um, mm-hmm. I got such a kick out of watching uh, uh, Mystery Spot, just watching uh, mm-hmm. the different ways Dean died. Uh, <laughs> that was a hoot. <laughs> I, uh, I got to thought up five or ten more. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, it was, um, you know, watching the show again a couple of times last night, I, uh, just reminded as I always am when I see it, what a smart and funny and human show it is, considering it's a show about people chasing monsters. Um, it's, uh, it's a joy to watch and it's definitely a joy to work on. I bet you guys have seen every episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe a few, yeah, a few times, maybe a few times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you should you should watch the rest if you haven't, because they're all pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've heard that. We've heard that. We, you know, we've heard it's been on quite a while. We we might ought to start watching a few more shows. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Um. Uh. I think it's really great that you guys do this show and, and you have some of us on when you can. It's, uh, um, I've just never experienced anything like this show, like, like supernatural and, and the way Mm -hmm. the fans deal with it. It's, um, it's refreshing and a lot of fun. So, um, um, I'm driving down the road right now with, with, uh, my daughter, Maddie, who got to see, uh, um, a couple episodes for the first time last night, and uh, uh, she had a great time. I think. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think she was bothered at all by the fact that I wasn't in them. But, um, <laughs> I, I, I sometimes think you guys are bigger fans than she is. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, I thought. I'm sorry. No, she's 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 waving hi to you all. Oh, tell her we say hi. hi. We're hi. waving back. I'm actually waving back. <laughs> oh, you're actually waving um, back. It's I funny am. how you do that. Like, I did it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I Actually, I, I had a question about the play, and it had has to uh-huh. do a little bit with Maddie. Um, you yeah. said um, the play's very personal to you because of meeting your wife and many, many things. Is it a play that you will bring Maddie to see? And Yeah, and I think so. About all that. Is it something she can think- see or... 
Yeah, I mean it's it's um, um, uh, the 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 woman at the center of the play uh, was in real life and and is in the play a sort of salty character, but um, um, it's um, uh, I I would say it's PG thirteen rated. Um, uh, I and uh, and I. I do intend to to let Maddie see it. Um, uh, I think she'll be kind of fascinated to see a little of what kind of happened in um, in uh, her old man's youth. Um, uh, now that said, the, the the plot and a lot of the events are are not what exactly what happened in real life. I basically took a situation and characters and built a story around them. Um, but um, I think she'll enjoy it. And, I, and um, uh, you know, it's it's the kind of play that I like to watch, and it seems to be the kind of play I tend to write. And that's um, a play with a lot of laughs that kind of tugs at your heart by the end of it. So... Um, We'll see if that works out. <laughs> well, we, I know you, you're driving down the road there. We want to make sure you're safe, and we don't want to <laughs> get your mind off of driving there. We want to get Maddie to where she's going safe and sound. So real quick right. before you go, can you remind us uh, where, uh, the Kickstarter, where to go? and? Okay. Uh, yeah, once again, the Kickstarter campaign for my play Vertigris uh, can be reached by going uh, to vertigristheplay.com. That's V-E-R-D-I-G-R-I-S, theplay.com. Um, and that'll take you direct to the Kickstarter page. Or you can always go to uh, Kickstarter and do a search on my name, and uh, uh, it'll come up that way as well. And, I and once again, googled you and the play's name, and the Kickstarter was at the top of the Google page. So oh, great! That's, that's another way that's, too. That's another way as well. And, and, and I, once again, I I want to say thanks to uh, to all the the people listening contributed or are considering it. It's it's um, it's really been uh, a, a very moving and effective uh, thing in my life, and I I desperately appreciate it. Well, you're an important part of all of our lives, you and Bobby Singer, and we're very grateful that you got the part of Bobby that, and it brought you into our lives. So anything oh, we can so do sweet. to help you, we're, we're happy to mm-hmm. be here and help you and promote any project you're doing. Well, so. thank you so much. You're, you guys are just so gracious. I'm, um, oh. I'm, I'm filled with gratitude and uh, a, a whole lot of love for the whole Supernatural family. Thank you all. Oh, well, thank you, Jim. Thank you for your kind words you. about us. Well, thanks. I guess I will uh, talk to you guys next time. Yes, okay? definitely. Yeah. You're welcome anytime on our show. You're welcome anytime. Oh, yes, thank you so and much. All the best with the Kickstarter. Hope it's fully funded. Um, sooner, we'll keep promoting than, it every day. Sooner than 11 days. Well, yeah. thank you. you are. Uh, well, we'll know in 11 days. So. Well, We've got our fingers crossed. <laughs> yep. Okay. Thank you so much. I'd have mine crossed when I'm driving. So. Uh. <laughs>
Thanks a lot, guys. Bye, Jim. Hey, Bye, Maddie. Bye, Maddie. Bye-bye. Bye, Maddie. <laughs> and to anybody who's listening live, keep um, stay on the line if you'd like, and we're going to be talking about the 200th episode. And we'll be taking calls Wait. for that. Um, yes, we'll probably yes. talk a little bit for at first, and then and then um, take any questions or calls or comments later. Um, when Jim was talking about his play not being like a completely hundred percent accurate for for the woman that he worked worked for back in college, I I, I really wanted to say is it transformative fiction <laughs> <But> I <didn't. laughs> and I know he he saw the episode of course but and, 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 and it sort of is but not really um anyway episode 200 which is the fifth episode of this season the 10th season written by Robbie Thompson uh directed by Phil Segrisha um of course who's a long long time uh experienced supernatural director Robbie, relatively speaking, is a newer, slightly newer writer, but um, really campaigned, I guess, to get this episode to to write. And so what did you think? Did you like it, love it, hate it, like some parts, hate some parts? Well, I I know what Vinny's been on the road so far. (laughs) I know what Vinny's going to say, so let me say mine before Vinny starts. Um, oh no! I at, <laughs> I at first, I was when I the first night when I watched it, I was just meh. You know, I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. It was it was like eh, it was okay. And uh, I was I was I was wanting more for it to be a 200th episode. I still wish it was more. Um, but after watching it like four or five times today, getting ready for the podcast, I feel better about it. I like it better than I did originally. There's still parts about it, uh, parts of it that I wish they hadn't done. Um, but overall, I'm fine with it. And that last, the, the carry-on scene makes me cry mm-hmm. every single time. It was absolutely mm. beautiful. So it's like, I can see... I'm fine with sitting through all the stuff that I didn't like as long as I can have that carry-on scene at the end and Chuck coming back. I'm, so I'm fine with it all. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. I was so so thrilled to see Rob Benedict as Chuck on, on so many levels between him portraying Chuck. Like you said, it's been five years and we haven't seen Chuck. We were sort of wondering, is he out there? Did God disappear forever? You know, it's it's then he's also all considered Eric Kripke, and then of course Rob Benedict um, had a stroke a year ago, and and we came very close to losing losing him. So it's so it's so wonderful to have him back on the show for so many reasons, and I sus- I had no idea, of course, I guess nobody did, and I sort of suspected it, and then I thought, wait, maybe it's Eric Kripke. And then I said, "Oh no, it has to be it has to be Chuck, of course, because he's the writer, and these are his books, and he would not resist the temptation to show up and see somebody putting on their interpretation of this play." So, yeah, yeah, it was really great to see him. I I don't know if I I, I don't actively dislike any part of this episode. I had my ups and downs, and like you, the more I watched it, the more I liked it, and I just I don't know, it was like. I just 
I don't know, for the 200th episode, I said, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to decide to in, enjoy it because I think that's the way it was meant. And there are many parts of it that I appreciate. I think it reminded Sam and Dean of a lot of things. It's a little bit how we've talked before about sort of a third person um, perspective where it can either can point out something to them or, or remind them of something. Like sometimes you're too close. And Sam and Dean, of course, have had so much happen to them. Mark of Cain and Dean being a demon and Sam doing all sorts of things to find his brother. And it kind of got back to the simple part of, you know, uh, you and me against the world, uh, you know, saving people, hunting things, the family business. And that that last two minutes with the cover of Carry On My Wayward Son is the most beautiful version. And I love the original and as they said in the episode, uh, together, um, um, Marie and Dean talking at the same time, just like Sam and Dean do, <laughs> a little nod to that. It's a classic, but I just love that really gorgeous, beautiful version that they do. And yeah, it gets me. It gets me every single time. So I just decided to enjoy this episode <laughs> and not worry too much about possibly some of the parts I maybe could have lived without. I don't know. Yeah, because there were quite a few of those, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah. But, okay. Benny, you there? Yeah, so. Okay. <laughs> I will Here say, first, first and foremost, I've said on the podcast before, and Becky can literally attest to this, I'm not an overly sentimental person. Um, I think the most, I think the most you've ever seen me fall apart is watching Doctor Who. I started to say, it's when, when yeah, with Amy and Lori, the most you've ever seen me get up. Yeah, like, for some reason, oh. Doctor Who will always, always get me. Um, Doctor Who and One Tree Hill, those are like my, my cry triggers. Um, Supernatural has never made me full out cry. I've gotten, you know, choked up, misty-eyed, uh, single man tear every now and then, but never full on cry. The the carry on wayward son. It did from the moment she sang the first note. I was mm. already a mess. So I'll say mm. that. Um, I liked the episode more than I thought I would, and a lot of my trepidation was in season. In season eight and nine, in eight, Robbie's episodes were the most the ones I had the most issue with. And in nine, his episodes were two out of three, my most disliked episodes of the season. And in terms of Firstborn, I had I had really big issues with, with Firstborn in terms of characterization. One of my biggest issues with, with Robbie as a writer is that I think he provides a very strange characterization for for the characters that we have known for for ten years. And he has only written for for three. Um, hold up. Hold that thought real quick. Okay, holding the thought. While she while we're holding that thought. Oh, I'm back. Already. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, she's back. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, 
I think that the girls in the play, the girls putting on the play that were the school girls, I think they were all fantastic. Like, Marie mm. was so annoying, but she's supposed to be annoying. I think the actress did a really good job. Marie is the kind of person, like, I took theater uh, for, gosh, four or five years in middle school and high school. And Marie is the kind of person that is one of the reasons I left theater because I just, I can't tolerate that kind of person. She's a very stereotypical theater girl, and that was very that was very well done. And the actress did a fantastic job with her. Because um, mm. it's it's that you're super annoying with little spurts of endearing, and then oh god, yeah, you're super annoying. Never mind. Um, so, yeah. Maeve, I um, loved Maeve. Maeve. I really enjoyed like, Maeve. She was so good. I loved her. Mm. Really enjoyed yeah, her. She was great. Um, I. And I've mentioned this before, again, me not being a sentimentalist, but we've had conversations where I'm like, I don't really care that much about the amulet. And I tend to think about Dean and that whole, I don't need a symbol to tell me how much I love my brother. I'm like, I don't need a symbol to know how Dean feels about Sam. Duh. But mm-hmm. I, especially since over a year ago, I was like, you know what, if they're going to bring the amulet back, they might as well just hang it on the rearview mirror. I was like, but that'll never mm-hmm. happen. Okay, so let's yes, I remembered you saying that when that happened. I was like, hey. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, Robbie, throw a royalty credit this way because I called that over a year ago. Thanks, bud. Um, but, um, and I've met Robbie. He's a really great guy. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy talking to him, but those are two different things. Um, my issues with the episode come from the fact that I don't think that it holds up for me on a standalone rewatch kind of level. Um, it doesn't, it comes out of nowhere for me in terms of where the, the, where the brothers are right now. And eventually, you know, just like the hundredth episode, it's no longer going to be milestone. It's just going to be that episode. And in terms of it being that episode, I find it to be weak. The The monster of the week is weak. Um, Calliope shows up at the very last minute and she gives a speech that's pretty much... Uh, I had a really uh, distasteful way of putting it to somebody earlier, but it's basically the... It's Robbie just loving all over himself and the other writers through through Calliope, which is something that he did in metafiction that I, just, I strongly dislike that. Um, but she was so easy to kill. She wasn't the point. And obviously the point because it's the love letter of the fans, but once you step outside of it and it just becomes episode 1005, it loses something within that. I don't think Sam and Dean are in it enough. I don't think that Calliope was a a good enough uh, foe for the episode to be a a single episode outside of it being a milestone. I, I will agree. I, I disagree on, on a few of the things, but I will say that I do agree with you on Calliope. I felt for to be as powerful of a being that she's supposed to be, um, I thought, yeah, her, her storyline was weak, and, yeah, she's too easy to kill. And, my, my, and like I said, I, I have certain issues on occasion with how – Robbie pulls characterization things. I've always been one of those people who has a really weird issue, and Robbie's super guilty of doing this with Dean, of giving Dean certain pop culture references that just don't make sense. 
There is no reason. Dean has never gone to see Rent. He's never seen Rent. So don't give him that quote. Um, How do you know he hasn't seen Rent? Oh, come on. Come on now. Maybe he caught <laughs> on HBO or something. <laughs> you know, no, I, sometimes no. I think they got nothing else to do, and I, I think, and we've we've but seen that he's scene seen as very bizarre, odd, he's enough to vote try it. like anything. He'll try like anything once, you know, and and it could have been he was flipping <laughs> channels. He landed on rent. He heard, and he, for two minutes, and that was the two minutes he saw, and he sort of liked it and remembered it, or he saw it somewhere else entirely, and and quotes it from like some wacky porn movie where the star loves rent, and that's and that's why he remembers it, you know, because it's like the play is called I don't know or something else, and so that takes me to my that's other why he quotes sometimes. it, but so, <laughs> but that takes me to one of my other issues with. But the writing is, if you have to sandwing it that hard, you didn't do it right. If I have to sit there and fill in the gaps and make it work, then mm-hmm. I feel like the writer didn't accomplish what they needed to accomplish. Well, um, I, I think I think with that line, the goal was, you know, to have Dean quote a musical. And out of all the musicals that are out there, I would say Rent would be the one that Dean would have seen. I don't think, you know... Or unless they wanted to go with, you know, Rock of Ages, which is, you know, one of my favorites. But, um, <laughs> but well, um, uh, I don't know if there's a quote in it that would work, but he talked about yeah, that's what uh, I Sam doing Our Town. He talked about Sam doing Our Town. Well, that one he would know because he probably, because he knew right away when Sam talked about doing well, and Our Town. Back, and he said, you did Our that Town. That you did great. Time. Or no, not Quotillion. That goes back to Shadow in season. Shadow, yeah. Yeah. And again, Robbie did throw in those little Easter eggs of you know this because of this. Perfectly fine. Um, Like I said, I liked the episode more than I thought I would. Um, I just don't like it as much as I wish I did. Uh, I I think that objectively, because I watched it with my mother, who, like I said, I always watch, we always watch together. She's seen... She's probably seen seasons one through three more than anything else because she catches the TNT reruns, but she doesn't do it as much anymore. So there were things that she caught, but there were things that didn't really make sense to her. And I think for me, the flaw in the episode is writing for fandom and not for fans because it's a little too niche. Fandom is a very small part of the viewing audience in terms of percentages. Fandom seems huge, but in terms of the viewing audience, especially like U.S. Nielsen, it's a very small portion. And if you confuse your general audience, that's a very big risk to take, I think. And so... I think they're at a point where it was okay to do that. And and it's like, yeah, we know that, but we don't care. And it's sort of meant to be just for them just this once. And ordinarily... I would agree. I wouldn't. You don't want the show or the writers to write themselves too small and too particular and too com- compartmentalized. But with this, I, I think maybe that was kind of the point of this particular episode. And if you're going to look at a distance, and if you're going to, you know, as an overall giant story, ten, eleven, twelve, who knows how many years long? Yeah, you'll look back and objectively and say, well, this is. 
this is not quite fitting in. I mean, it does something very, very simple. It's sort of a real simple downtime. It was it was a matter of just sort of picking things where you know that fandom likes. Um, the beginning, the the car porn, and Dean working on the engine, and then you know just strolling on back to the trunk. You know, I mean, the episode for me could have been that two minutes long. You know, <laughs> it was okay. And then Sam shows up, both of them in T-shirts, basically. Like we hardly ever see that. There's all sorts of little things. So I kind of think it's the point on this one. And maybe, yeah, overall, if you're, if you're going to do that kind of, kind of analysis, yes, you're right. Um, but um, real know. quick, just inter- um, not to interrupt, but on Twitter, Axel um, Griever had a really good reply. She said, all you guys, Dean totally saw Rent with Lisa. And that, yes, I can totally see that. I can see Lisa making Dean go see Brett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or any other girl that he was trying to, you know, go along with and be impressed. Or she promised, I, you know, I'll go to that movie if you'll come to this play or or whatever. So, yeah. But I don't know if you consider that somebody trying to fan wank it so hard that it's what it's I think, like, how many, times would you have to, how many times would you have to see it to remember something like that to actually pull a line from it? And, again, it would be fan wanking, but, you know, maybe uh, going with this, uh, with um, Quick Reaver's theory, maybe it was Lisa's favorite and she played it all the time. Maybe, but, again, it goes to my point. I'm not just talking about the specific moment either. I'm talking about it being a trend. Um, we went from – and it, it's one thing to me to have character development. It's another thing to to change a characteristic. Um, you know, we went from Dean, who was like, I don't even know what, what MySpace is, to, like, super savvy, it's on Twitter, Dean. No. I, it's one of those things that I find, like I've said, if you write the episode around the joke, mm. is the joke really worth it? If you're writing just for the joke, the joke isn't worth it to me. Just for that one moment of, of somebody going, hey, not to me. Mm-hmm. This, um, this didn't, that rent didn't bother me as much as, as not knowing what my space is. I mean, some, and, that part I, I I hate, you know, don't don't dumb down Sam or Dean just to make some another character look good or to make a point. But this the little well, I don't bit think of rent, the MySpace like, thing was like, dumbing whatever, Dean down. I don't think it makes somebody dumb to not know what MySpace is. It makes them like I didn't have a MySpace. I knew very little about MySpace because I just don't care. Um mm-hmm. And I think that was just one point. It's just sort of in general, I I don't like because they they do make them stupid sometimes. And I'm like, oh, totally. Which was my big issue was my big issue with Slumber Party last year. You make your your Dean, who is a self, we established that Dean is very, very intelligent and very street smart, and you know, in my opinion, book smart because to fix a car, to make an EMF meter, that's mathematical and science smart. You don't just know those kind of things. You have to learn mm-hmm. those kind of things. And then, you know, obviously, Sam, you know, having a, a full-ride scholarship to Stanford, these are very smart men. So, again, that was my, if you remember, that was my biggest issue with Slumber Party is they were, in order to make Charlie be so awesome, you had to make Sam and Dean I don't like that. Um, mm-hmm. Over and on, yeah. over 
over in our chat room, our Blog Talk Radio chat room, um, someone with the name Beer Hunter, which great name, by the way, like your name, Beer <laughs> Hunter. Uh, he said, Dean knows his Asian porn sites, and that's it. That's been established. So <laughs> there you go. Basically. I mean, we have Dean who was like, uh, you know, it sounds like my, my computer's full of viruses, and he's like, mm-hmm, no, 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 And, you know, somebody who's, who's Internet savvy knows how to avoid <laughs> viruses. <laughs> you know, you know what to do. Um, and, again, like I said, I – being someone who's not a sentimentalist, or I feel like I'm not a sentimentalist, I had a really visceral reaction to the way they did the whole uh, Mary burning thing. And the fact that during that song, Dean's bopping his head along. I don't feel like Dean's in a place where he can bop his head along to the song about how his, his mother died and his father had a breakdown and his brother was fed demon blood. Uh, no, that was so, no. I, no. <laughs> also, No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not. I was severely not okay with that. Severely not okay with that. Um, I loved. I have to say, the then section, just the simple screen with supernatural oh, pilot by Eric Kripke. That was really cool. Oh, that was awesome. mm. love. And the and the cycle through all the the title cards. I really yes. like yes. that. Yeah, Either that was including wonderful. The the special edition tiger um, title cards. That was that yeah, was really, really good. Because you forget how many there are. Like you know, mm-hmm. um, that was awesome. Awesome job editing and put that together. You know, the one point where I, I actually had to pause my recording so I could just laugh and laugh and laugh and not miss anything was when they brought up Adam. Sam and Dean are like, "Who's that on stage?" And it's Adam. <laughs> yeah, he's still in hell in the cage with Lucifer. You know, very, very matter of fact, I laughed and laughed and laughed. And, yeah, inappropriate, but I just didn't care. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> I was like, thanks. <laughs> At least I finally remembered him. <laughs> right? And and the look on Sam and Dean's face is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oops. <laughs> yeah, like, oops. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we do have a brother still in hell. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Adam, yeah. Cage, Lucifer, five years, which is, what, 500 years in hell? Oh, my God. At least, right? Yeah. I'm still waiting for the episode where they meet a demon and it's actually Adam, where his soul's been turned into a demon. Um, because I got that part of it, one of the things I also liked was Marie talking about the the scarecrow and her saying, you know, it's it's awful, it's terrifying, <laughs> she's in the boiler room, like, I just can't, you really let me take you to see it. And she takes Dean down there, Dean's, I mean, it's a very unimpressive uh, high school production <laughs> scarecrow. Uh, like, oh, for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like that. I, yeah, I liked, um, I liked Dean and Marie's interactions. I like when he's telling her what really happened and she's like that's the worst sick I've ever heard <laughs> because I've had we've all had those moments I'm sure like I had this when I was trying to explain Buffy to somebody and I was like you know I was like no it's about this girl and she fights vampires and then like she falls in love with a vampire but there's like another vampire and he's gonna kill her but then he gets a chip in his head and, and it's ridiculous when you put it out when you have it out of context mm. sorry what and then she dies but then she's not dead and then she's a sister but she never had a sister it sounds ridiculous. 
And it's the same thing with Supernatural. It's like, no, it's because, like, his mom died, and then his girlfriend died, and then, like, boom, demon. <laughs> it sounds absolutely <laughs> ridiculous when you tell people the short version of, of, of these shows, especially mm-hmm. shows that go five-plus years. Um, so I, 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 liked, I liked the idea of it sounding so bad when it's actually what happened, and if you go on that journey, it's, it's, it's actually really cool. But when you just, you know, summarize yeah. somebody, you sound like a complete idiot. Well, I um, had a question. Uh, did, did it seem to you guys that Dean seemed to be kind of proud that he was a knight, knight of hell? That he was oh, what? Totally. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah, he was bragging. I was a knight of hell. <laughs> yeah, uh, for right. sure. But I that's, that's going to come back and bite him on the ass, you know, but, but yeah. Well, but I, I think that's consistent. That is actually something that's consistent with Dean's personality when he's like, yeah. you know. Absolutely. Yeah. But it, he- it bugged me. It bugged me because the Dean Winchester in my head, which this episode has showed us, is not what matters. You know, in our, <laughs> our head canon does not matter, you know, to the real story. But my story, my interpretation of Supernatural my Dean Winchester would have been ashamed to be a demon and embarrassed and be proud of it. But no, because remember, remember how proud he is after, uh, during and after skin? He's so freaking proud of himself. Like, how many people get to go to their own funeral? What? Pop a collar. And then when, they're both yeah. one of, when he's wanted by the FBI and Sam, he's like, you know, what does it say about you? And Sam's like, mm, nothing. And Dean's yeah, so proud. And, and Sam and, is bummed that he's not, like, he's not special enough to be on the FBI's list. I think it's but for those, you know. For those things, though, Dean hadn't done anything evil. And Skin, it was the Skin walk. You know, it was the shapeshifter. It wasn't him. Um, the FBI thing it was for things that they did saving other people's lives. It wasn't things doing bad. Demons are bad. Demons are evil. Demons are what Dean kills. He turned into one. He was evil. He was killing people, and he's, you know, proud of it. And I don't think it's so much. I don't think it's so much that like he's proud of what he did. I think it's him. Re, him retelling it to Marie, where he's 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 telling Marie who he knows is a a fan of the books, and she's you know she's part of the fandom, and she's basically you know a BNF if you want to kind of put it in fandom terms. And he's telling her, you know, your version is so wrong. Let me tell you what my what the real version is. And it's almost like a like the smug addition to her that like not only was because at that moment he's not talking. She doesn't think that he's talking about him. They have, you know, as far as she's concerned, he is not Dean. She already laughed that off. Right. So it, I think it was more yeah. of a. It was more it's of a, it's more for her benefit, and he's actually proud of it in and of himself. But it's more of a if I'm telling the story to you, best get it right, kind of thing. Yeah, and I wasn't just Dean wasn't just a demon; he was a knight of hell. Yeah, that one that one second though, there's like no. But again, <laughs> if you know, this episode taught us our interpretations are our interpretations; it's not the actual story. So. Yes, I listen to you, Supernatural. I understand that. What I'm thinking is not really what it is, so that's fine. <laughs> the the thing, the thing, the couple things that I took away from Dean and then Sam also trying to explain that they're real and what's actually happened. 
for for them doing this play and Marie writing it and being so into the book, I thought Marie and Maeve were both actually pretty grounded. I mean, they were very aware of what they were writing and interpreting was fiction. And also, also on the flip side, it made me laugh that they they wouldn't accept Sam and Dean as as the supernatural people, but they were okay with them being X file hunters <laughs> from the <laughs> FBI. <laughs> well, I think okay. part, of that, part of that goes to Marie knowing what she saw, uh-huh. and you know, once you see something like that, you and that's a reoccurring theme within you know most of the Monster of the Week episodes. It's, once you see it with your own eyes and you try to relay it and everyone else is telling you you're crazy, the one person who tells you you're not crazy, you kind of latch onto that because nobody mm-hmm. wants to be called crazy. Um, what I, I thought was, was when they talked about they were too old to be Sam and Dean, that they were more a Bobby yeah. Rufus. I was like, oh, my God, how old do you think you are? Well, and I think, I think um, and, and one of the issues I have with, the way this was done is I feel like, you know, we've established recently that the there was a big surge of younger teenage fans that were, you know, four or five years old when the show started, but are now, you know, internet savvy and, you know, watching TNT when they get ready for school in the morning, you know, Netflixing the series and have caught up with the series in the past, you know, one to two years and are now part of the fandom that the rest of us who are in our late 20s, 50s, 60s have already been in. And it's, 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 in the last year, it's become very apparent that there is a divide, that a divide that didn't exist five years ago. Five years ago, nobody really thought of supernatural fandom as being a teenage fandom. And now it gets that stigma quite regularly when it used to be very much the opposite. So I do, and, you know, if you, this was very much for me written to the Tumblr crowd, um, you know, especially when she turns and she tells him, you know, reasons. It, a lot of the, a lot of the, the verbal tics were very much entrenched in that part of, um, in part of fandom. And so for that part of fandom, yeah, a 32-year-old and a 36-year-old are old. And it's one of those things mm. that I think is hilarious when they, when people are like, when I see someone who's like 15, 16 years old refer to James and Jared and Misha as my babies, and I'm like, these are 30 and 40 year old men. I what? No, <laughs> it's so weird to <laughs> me. And it is mm. that weird. It is that weird thing on on, on uh, as a part of Tumblr culture that I've noticed that it's one of those things where it's like he's an acceptable kind of old, or it's that kind of thing. But if you just mm. put a 35-year-old in front of them, they're like, ew, he's old now. It's really strange. Mm. I don't yeah. get that because I, I was 10 years old going, you know who's hot? Richard Gere. So hot, Richard Gere. He's like 30 years older than me. Always has been. So I don't mm. get that, but I get how other people would feel that way. <laughs> um, I do have to say um, so much credit to Jerry Wanick and his team for the for the the playset. It's fantastic. The backdrop, mm. the car. It's the car was phenomenal. awesome. Oh uh, yeah, phenomenal. 
My husband was watching with me today, and he said the car was a piece of art. It was just perfect. Yes, so mm. much respect for that. Like, I mean, Jerry no was fantastic all the time, but this, they really outdid themselves with this. It was beautiful. What I and loved about the car and the play, the, what I loved about the car and the play is that you had you had people outside running with flashlights to look like other cars, and they actually mm-hmm. do that on the show. And I was like, ah, oh, this is just great. You know, just that a little extra special thing, you know, that, you know, if you, if you aren't aware of that, you just think it's part of the play and it works. And the, But if you do know, it just brings, it's just a little extra special layer to, to that on the scene. It's just more, more attention to details that they're so good at. And, and the, the, the that actors... Really cool the way. actors that played all the all the school kids, they were awesome. They um, yeah, that's what I said earlier. They were fantastic. Mm-hmm. The singing voices were they had gorgeous singing voices. I really just but the one thing I wanted to know is why did they have the actress that was playing Dean uh, not play Sam because she has that mole there just like Jared does. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Marie used her one woman orphan black play wig. Yes, yes. I love the orphan <laughs> black shout out. One, uh, two things. Um, in terms of the play, one of the other things I thought was really cool is how they did the demon smoke in the play. Oh, yes, oh, yes. that was so oh, that was great. Fantastic. So cool. Really so cool. And um, beautiful. It was really, it really, really was. Yeah. That was that was and there really, was a little music. Really, and there was a little yeah, music the, cue when they did it. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the way they did the, the exorcism as part of the the music and the, the way it was melodized, it, that was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Something else I'm going to say about the actresses. Oh, I like that. This was an, uh, one of the things I liked is that one. I obviously I liked that Marie was a fan girl. Obviously, I liked that. Um, my sweet selfless Sam. Me too, Marie. <laughs> Me too. Um, but I like how they did the two. They did two versions of you know you have uh, you have Dean reacting to that, and then you have later mm-hmm. on Maeve telling Dean, you know, if you cut your hair off it, you'd be more, you'd be like Dean, be a good Sam. I just or if you cut your you the other way around, if you cut your hair, you'd be a good Dean. Yeah. yeah and I was like, dean. oh, that's yeah. that's that's a nifty you know a nifty kind of way of doing how. This is how outsiders see you, kind of thing, and kind of a you're more alike than you, than you two realize. Um, I and I really liked them. I liked them sticking around for the end of the play and seeing uh, the rendition of Carry On. I, mm. I think it was something they needed. And so I, looks I'm on their it. faces. The looks on their faces yeah. when mm. they're watching that. Heartbreaking. Oh. Utterly heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. you know, through all that, I gotta say, Poncho guy, <laughs> Poncho He's guy, is so cool. <laughs> He's a classic. <laughs> He's a smart guy. <laughs> He's been to oh. a Gallagher show. <laughs> he was. He was this world. episode. <laughs> he was this episode's convenience store guy. <laughs> he really was. He really, really was. And so I had I knew I knew somebody who uh went to the the party in LA 
And they're like, okay, I can't tell you anything. I can't tell you anything, but I'm just going to say the word poncho. And when you watch <laughs> it, think of me. And I was like, poncho? What? <laughs> oh, God, poncho guy, amazing. Love you. <laughs> Matt Cop's poncho guy. Um, I Like I said, I liked it far more than I thought. I, I was prepared to completely hate this episode when the premise and the, the, the mild spoilers were coming out for the past few months. I was just, I was Jensen Ackles going, what is this? What is this? I, 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 and it came mm-hmm. out better than I, I came out better than I really thought it would. Um, it's just, oh, for me, it's not Jensen? Anything, yeah, it's never going to be anything that's in my top 20. It just doesn't hold up that well on its own for me. I think it's too niche. I think it's too cutesy. I don't think it has a good enough, uh, I don't think the storyline itself is good enough aside from the, the emotional manipulation of it. And once you've manipulated me emotionally once or twice, it's going to start to lose its effect. But Well, this episode has taught us, Benny, that your interpretation is perfectly fine. So your well, views are perfectly valid. <laughs> yes. And, fine. yes. <laughs> and you know what? I've got to tell you something. I've got to tell you something. You've got your version? I've got mine. I don't agree with you. <laughs> I don't agree that every interpretation is okay. I think I don't believe in the idea of this 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 death of the author kind of thing because as somebody who writes and you know Joss Whedon is is known for doing this John Green is known for doing this don't get me started on my John Green rants but whatever and it's very easy to say you know once I once I put a story out there it's not mine anymore it's yours well first of all I'm not getting a royalty check you are second of all when you write something, you do have a purpose in your head. So if I write, if I write something and somebody comes and tells me, this is what I got out of what you wrote, and it's completely left field, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, that's cool that you saw that. I'm going to be like, no, 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 that's not what I said. That's not what I wrote, and you're wrong. You can't tell me that these writers don't have that, that, that desire as well to go, yeah, you really missed what I was saying there, didn't you? Because when you write something that you think is going somewhere, you're very proud of that. And when somebody doesn't get it, you're like, you didn't get my brilliance. How dare? How very dare? So I don't believe in the death of the author idea. I believe that interpretations happen, and I, but I also believe that you don't have to have permission for someone to tell you that that's okay. Nobody is asking Shakespeare for permission for all the adaptations of his stories that have come because he's dead. You can't ask him. So 10, uh, ten Things I Hate About You is an adaptation of Taming of the Shrew. Nobody asked Shakespeare for his input. I don't believe in the idea that, of, that the creator has to tell you that you're okay. I don't believe that they have to tell you that your, your interpretation is met with respect. I don't believe in that, personally. So I have to say that that, that contingent exists for me in this episode. And I do feel like as a, as a fan, but I am just one fan, this really didn't apply to me that well because I'm generally not someone who's sentimental and I'm not somebody who has a ship and I'm not somebody who will catch. I'm sure there were references that I missed. So it meanders for me in that way. And that's why I say it's a, it's a good, it's a better than bad episode. I would even venture to say it's a good episode. But for me personally, and it's not an interpretation issue, it's a 
it's just like a quality issue that it doesn't stand up on its own for me. It'll maybe be in my mm-hmm. top 100, but it'll never be in my top 20. But then again, EW came out with their top 100 episodes or top, they ranked all the episodes. EW, you're wrong. Let me tell you how wrong you are. Go sit in your corner of wrongness and think about your wrongitude. There were so many angry people about that list. I didn't even bother to read it. I said, I I won't agree and I will not even try and read it because it'll probably just make me crazy and I didn't need one more thing making me crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, if you're going to be like, I'm week. sorry, you think what is number 50? Oh, hell no. You know, I don't, <laughs> how dare you put Yellow Fever in a in a top 10 worst? What is wrong with you? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? I'm, no, I'm not a Yellow Fever fan. You? No, yeah, it can be in the bottom 10. Yeah, my problem with the EW article was that they presented it in a way that was like, this is the definitive list. And I was like, no. Yeah. And like, no. no. <laughs> I might agree here well, and there, but no. And I was like, all hell, breaks loose, all hell Breaks Loose was number 20? You are high. Wow. You are high on yeah. volume. Get out of yeah, here. Like I, said, I stay Get away out. from that list. Don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> Show yourself the door because yeah. you're wrong. Uh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't read it. I didn't read it either. I was like, everybody's talking about how crappy it is. So yeah, I'm not looking yeah, at it. No I thanks. didn't read like the whole list. Read, <laughs> yeah, I didn't read the whole list. I read the top twenty and I read the ten worst. And I was like, nope. I'm not even going to sit here and sift through two hundred episodes of what you think. No. Now, um, now that we've like talked about, I might have to go back and look now just to just to see, you know, if I feel like any. I mean, and they put Swan Song as number one. They put Swan Song as number one, which. I think it's arguably number one. I don't think it's number one, but I can see giving it the number one spot. So I don't know if it's my number, number one, one, but it's pretty far up there for me. It's not num- I'm yeah, not it's not my, my number, number one, one, but it's, it's way up there for me. Yeah, I don't know if it's I not my number one, but it's in my top five. It's in my top ten. Yeah, usually yeah, my top five. So, yeah, probably. It's my number definitely. one. Yeah, I've always said that I'll help. Yeah, part two is number one, the best episode of Supernatural. Sorry, but it is. But that's my opinion. Like I said, my mm. issue with the EW article is basically like, this is definitive and incorrect. Yeah. Um, so I compliment them taking a stand and having an opinion and not being wishy-washy oh, and being like, oh, everyone in the class gets a prize. So you know what? Have your opinion, EW. <laughs> you're wrong, but go ahead. But you're wrong. Have it. <laughs> you have your wrong, <laughs> but, but go ahead. Have your opinion. <laughs> you just happen to have a very public forum <laughs> to put it across. Um, I, again, this episode, I just, I guess, I don't know. I just, I just, the more I watched it, the more I liked it. I, I just choose to enjoy it for what it is. I enjoy, there are so many moments in it that I just, that just crack me up and that I really enjoy. And I kind of like that it was quiet. Yeah, I guess the villain could have been better, but I'm not sure she was the point of the episode. Um, to another God, I liked. I liked. Um, Sam and Dean were sort of bantering back and forth. It was kind of fun to see, you know, like yeah, shut up, like I said, you know, it, and it, everything. I really it, loved that. Um, yeah, and the title presented to us is fine. Like one of my things is again as a standalone, it doesn't hold up for me. No one dies. No one dies. That's okay. 
It's okay in the context of it being a love letter to the fans and a happy-go-lucky cutesy episode and this is a milestone, PR, 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 look at all, all these parties, blah, 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 blah. It's okay in that capacity. But when, I, when we inevitably take it out of that capacity, once we hit season 17, <laughs> I don't think it holds up on its own. That scream you heard was Jensen and Jared <laughs> going, season 17. What? Seven, 17 seasons and a movie. 17 seasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with it, but they're going to be, wow, in their 40s. They will be Rufus and Bobby uh, kind of by then, and so will we. <laughs> um, which, that's okay. Um, but, like I said, I, say, I and there's characters who really hate the episode. I didn't like the premise from the beginning. Um, I was, I'm was. i very much a believer that nobody in genre television should do a musical because you are not Joss Whedon. You will never be Joss Whedon. And don't uh, even try to be Joss Whedon. Just do not. Yeah. But, so, you know, I'm like, I, I'm like a sucker for a musical and, a, and a, like a dance and a musical thing. And, and, when they, and it was like a musical in a high school. I My guilty pleasure is high school musicals, the, the, the movies, Zac Efron and the gang. They're my guilty pleasure. And I don't even, you know what? I'm not guilty about them. They're just something I really enjoy. No, yeah, and you should have guilty about the hell out of me. And I love, I enjoy the music. So I'm like, I think because I can't sing and I can sort of vaguely dance. So like anybody who can actually do it and carry a tune, like that gorgeous carry on my wayward son, I'm just in, in awe. Maybe that's another part of it. It's like something I can't do. And I, I love seeing well, someone else. <laughs> oddly enough, so, oddly enough, I am tone deaf and have no rhythm, and I don't like musicals. Um, once more with feeling me liking that episode of Buffy is an anomaly. I'm that person that's like, mm-hmm. I don't ever want to watch Grease again in my life. I really don't mm-hmm. ever want to watch Grease again. Um, I've seen I the sound of music you. like I've seen the sound of music twice, and I never really pay attention to it. I'm not a musical. I'm not someone who's into musicals, which is funny because one of my closest friends, Sue, is like you, sucker for a musical. Sucker. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. So I'm again, not sure like I say I'm a musical fan, fan, but I like like mu- like singing and music and sometimes musical numbers and things. That because I'm not big on the sound of music. It's not one of my favorites. But I like love Le Mis. You know, everybody loves Le Mis. But uh, you know. I don't love Les Mis. I like Les Mis. I don't love it. Sorry. Uh, all the Les Mis people are going to come attack me at some point. Watch. Okay. You're not liking it. It's not going to stop me from liking it. It's quality. What about me? And and I've, wait, what? I've never seen it. I've never even seen it. So. Oh, well, see, so then you can come up to you instead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You might like it. You might hate it. <laughs> you know. You never yeah. know. Um, I don't hate it or like it. I'm just okay with it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, like, so like I say, and I say genre specifically because I'm someone who, ironically, did enjoy the Scrubs musical and enjoyed the Psych musical, but those are different genres than this. And I feel like 
I went to the Washington, D.C. con, and Jensen said something that really stuck with me, which in retrospect is hilarious because it actually happened. But at that point, you know, nobody knew that we were going to do a musical, and he was asked, they were asked once again to do a musical. And he said something to the effect of he didn't really think they should do one because they don't have Ben Edlund anymore. And Ben Edlund was the only person that he, at that point, really trusted with something like that. And even then, mm-hmm. not something he wanted. Of course, that was also operating under the idea that he and Jared would sing, which is not how this was. But that was the way the question was presented. I um, think if Supernatural was going to do a musical episode, and part of the reason is they've established <laughs> more than once now that Dean Dean can't sing and Sam can't really either. I think if they were going to do a musical episode, this was a pretty good solution to that, rather than trying to take it seriously, if you can take a musical episode seriously, which if you're Joss Whedon, you can. But I, I think this was a pretty good solution to that. It's like, like we know we can't be Joss Whedon, so this is this is our this is our idea of doing a musical episode. So I'm like, I'm okay with that. It's like um, we're not even going to pretend or try to be Joss Whedon. So we'll yeah. and, I, and going back to something that Becky said at the very beginning of us discussing this, where she said, "I will sit through everything else for what you gave me at the end." And mm. I don't think, while I agree with her, I agree with you in that aspect. Um, like this episode was completely manipulative, and I ate the end up with a spoon. I cried. And, and I, I and the amulet, and you bring it, and they were driving off the sunset. And this is me and you against the world. I, the manipulation completely worked on me. It really did. I'm not even going to pretend it didn't. Um, mm-hmm. But I also don't feel that. I don't feel like I should have to tolerate 38 minutes of something for four minutes of something. Yeah, there were certain things what? in this episode that I really wish were never in this episode. Just like Becky said, there were things that, no, no. Uh, our call-in number, in case we want to get a call-in, 347-205-9801. If you're listening and you want to call in, uh, talk with us, got a comment, question, give us a call, 347-205-9801. I think, and also I think on a that, personal that, level, needed, this needed more Meg. Like, oh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding, kidding me? Bitter. So yeah. Bitter. Yeah, there was there was no Meg cosplayer, was there? No. Not that I saw, and I am, oh. I only saw, he, the only um, non-human that we saw was Yellow Eyes, I think. Well, there's a Crowley, and when he was he was not we yeah, also see him on yeah. play, but he's mm-hmm. there. Right, um, right. I would have to look back, but I'm pretty sure I saw no Meg. I know there was a Ellen and a Joe and an Ash, and there was mm-hmm. a Jody, and of course mm-hmm. the robot. Can't forget the robot. <laughs> and apparently ninjas, <laughs> um, but they're but they're ninjas, so we don't see them. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're in space. I think. I think you're talking about emotional man- manipulation. 
just in in general, and I sometimes think and try and figure it out. There's something about this show that I'm I'm super emotionally involved with it, like I've never ever been with another show. And you know, again, I've been a fan for a while, and I've had other shows where I was super super focused on and you know collected for and went to conventions like X Files and things. And but this show, I'm it's I'm really emotionally involved in it, and I don't know maybe because there's so much off screen and on screen. Maybe it all comes down to Jensen and Jared, Sam and Dean. You know, so much of what is on the screen is also we know off the screen. I don't it, know. It, I, I almost let certain things go that maybe I would not let go on an. Oh, event. I I so. totally do. I totally do, and I do. Um, and I will openly admit this. If if it wasn't for Jared and Jensen, I probably would have walked in in season seven. Even though in retrospect, I like season seven more than I thought I did. At that time, I would have walked. Um, I would have walked last year. I would have walked during season nine, possibly during season mm-hmm. eight, but definitely during season nine. If it wasn't for them. I will openly admit that I have left. I have left better shows for less. Not to say that I don't think this is a good show because I clearly do. Because you know it, it kind of occupies a good chunk of my life on a daily basis. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I'm I'm someone who, for the littlest things, I stopped watching Grey's Anatomy. I stopped watching Bones. I stopped watching. Mm-hmm. Not even because they did, not even because they did something that I didn't like, or it was just one of those like I don't I don't think I care anymore. You know, it's just building yeah. up on the DVR. Before you know it, you're six seven episodes behind, and it seems more trouble to watch it than than not. Yes, yes. Well, I've mentioned before I gave up on Big Bang Theory. You know, I I love that show, and I just walked away because there were yeah. too many changes and characters added and, and like on Supernatural I've stuck it, they've done exactly what Big Bang Theory did and more and mm-hmm. with and to more extremes and I'm still I'm still right here and it's probably Jared and Jensen are the foundation of that probably but there are other like I walked away from Bones I just yeah I was like oh I, I gave up <laughs> you know, it just well, wasn't and, enough. And I didn't funny, care, and it's like, oh well, whatever. And I just walked away. <laughs> the funny thing oh, for me no. is like people people talk about the misogyny in Supernatural, and I always think it's really funny that the reason I didn't start watching Supernatural when it was in season the first season is because opposite it was Grey's Anatomy, and I made a choice at that point. I wasn't ready to watch another genre show. I was still bitter about Angel, like whatever. And I was watching Grey's Anatomy. and But I was aware of Supernatural fandom. I had a friend who was in Supernatural fandom, more than one friend. And they were talking about, you know, the misogyny, the misogyny, the misogyny. And I was like, okay. Oddly enough, the reason I walked away from Grey's Anatomy is the misogyny. I couldn't, I couldn't stand the idea that all these women went to medical school, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in debt, so much of your time, so much studying, so much vacation, and one by one they were all throwing it away for men. They were all jeopardizing their jobs for men on a weekly basis. Mm. It was the grossest thing I'd ever watched. I couldn't take it anymore. So for me, well, that's misogyny. What I deal with, what I see on Supernatural doesn't read to me. My interpretation is not misogyny. Um, 
so I, I walked away from Grey's Anatomy because I just didn't care anymore. And Supernatural, I don't walk away from. I really, and it's the first time I've ever been in a fandom where I don't have a ship because I do feel like sometimes a, sh- a ship keeps you uh, more preoccupied with a show or more preoccupied with the fandom in general, um, whether it's a canon ship or a fandom ship. It, it, it's what keeps you connected. But um, this is the first time I've ever been in a fandom and not had a ship. So for me, it is kind of like I do. I do know that for me, it is it is Jared and Jensen as Sam and Dean. And uh, you know, going I, back I would to be disingenuous. Me, it would be disingenuous of me to pretend that it's not. Um, talking about the connection to the show, yeah, I I started watching it when it first, when the pilot first aired on TV, and. I got hooked, uh, and the thing, I've been hooked on other shows before, um, you know, X-Files, Twin Peaks, Buffy, Angel, um, and through the first season of Supernatural, I wasn't even really online with it. I wasn't a part of the online fandom or anything, but yeah, I was totally emotionally hooked to it more than any other show, mm-hmm. and that was you know, like I said, before even got into fandom, before I really, all I knew, I knew Jensen as Eric Brady from Days of Our Lives, you know, and I'd never mm-hmm. seen Jared before. And, you know, so this was all before I really knew anything about them, but the show still, you know, got me. But I, and I do think that's, I think, still, that's still Jared and Jensen because it's what they brought to Sam and Dean. Exactly. I think that's what mm-hmm. it was. I think it was, it was the characters and what they brought to them and the whole, the whole Winchester family, the it, the family business, you know, and the mm-hmm. actual family part of it is what got me hooked on it. Yeah, because there are other characters on the show that I like, and there's other actors and actresses that um, we've either, you know, been, been to cons and met or have had on the podcast that I like and I, I adore. But I, it always comes back to Jared and Jensen. Like I said, Jared and Jensen themselves and Jared and Jensen as Sam and Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it it's just and and mm-hmm. reading all the interviews and seeing the interview videos for the past couple of weeks, we're clearly not alone in that. <laughs> Everybody else is the same exact thing. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I do think you know it is that that lightning in a bottle kind of thing um, that makes supernatural this 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 undeniable force. In on the internet and in real and in real life. Yeah, um, you know, Supernatural has brought, you know, it's brought me you guys. You know, it's brought mm-hmm. me, you know, my best friends. It's brought, you know, actors that I never would have known. Jim Beaver, you know, on our podcast, you know. I didn't really know about him before Supernatural, and now he's one of my most favorite people in the entire world. Uh, you know, it just brought so many good things to my life. I'll always be grateful for it, no matter if it were to end tomorrow, you know, God forbid. Uh, you know, I'll always be grateful for it. No, Becky, I already told you, you've got like seven more seasons to go. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Seven more. <laughs> Three hundred episodes. So another hundred would be five years. It's pretty typical. <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um, so you know, in, um, in terms of in terms of the sentimentality of it, and in this in this moment, I think the two hundredth was 
more of a success than not. Like I said, I just don't think that for me, it's going to stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll have to there have a are, in a year and see how you feel, you know. And like I said, I, there I, are episodes, I watched it before yeah. I enjoyed it. So There are um, a lot of episodes that I like way less. So. Yeah, mm. it, it falls very... It falls very middle of the road for me. Like I said, it's not yes, in my top I 20, but agree. it'll probably be, it'll probably fluctuate between my top 100, top 50. Yep, I agree I with you. I think top 200 is pretty good. Yes, I, I agree. Like, I'll probably have to rewatch Yellow Fever and see if my opinion has changed in the past few years because I'm kind of going and, how I used to I feel don't, about I don't it. Love yellow, I, yeah, I don't love Yellow Fever as much as most people do, but it's certainly not one of the top worst. No, definitely. It is very definitely much not the no, top ten worst. Probably there not. are far no. worse episodes than Yellow Fever. No, my worst episodes usually involve a dog. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, it's not definitely not in one of my worst. I mean, I have a couple issues with it, but it's I know it's it's got some good stuff, and I think I'd have to go like watching it now. I would probably have like a completely different perspective on on it and. Maybe some of the things that used to bother me won't. With season seven, while I don't think season seven is a top season for me, I like it better in retrospect than I did watching it in real time. But the same thing happened Mm -hmm. with Buffy season seven. It held up better when it was all said and done. Mm. Um, Mm. And and it varies for people. It's obviously going to vary for people. Um, Hell yeah. That's okay. I like the little shout out to Kim Manners. Kick it in. Oh, there. that mm-hmm. was really good. Yeah, that was really great. Good. Um, let me see. I when I was watching it again this evening, um, and and top before too, when when Calliope explodes and the scarecrow explodes and everybody's covered with purple goo, it made me think: Is it sort of a purple prose? kind of comment. Maybe I'm like I don't know, out of it or something. But it just made me think that sort of another comment on on things or is it just well, the color purple looks good on everybody. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I was like, oh purple clothes and and with this episode, you know, there's so many little touches and hints and comments and, and inside things. I thought, well, is that just one more? Because, you know, it's like, the, you know, transformative fiction, a little bit of purple prose in there. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe not. Never mind. I want to know about the Shakespeare theater poster in the teacher's office. I'm like, surely that's not that an actual poster. <laughs> That was the <laughs> what, actually thing. what I found most weird about the teacher's um, office is it's one thing to be a drunk teacher. I had a I had an art teacher who was a total lush, and he kept his flask in his desk. However, he didn't keep bottles right behind his desk. Plain <laughs> view, perfectly lined up. I was like, that's ballsy, yo. Uh, like, how does she still have her job? You know, she must yeah, have some and I real information really cool on the that, principal. <laughs> and I thought it was really cool that she was basically hiding the robot head from Marie. I, I was like, right on. Why? Robot <laughs> face ninjas, no. Uh, like, I, I like that. 
I was also really preoccupied with how much she looked like, um, oh, my God, just face off her name, Mary, uh, Mary Louise Parker. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, she like, does. Yeah. Like, a lot. She does. A lot. And I was I was super oh, preoccupied with that for uh, a while. <laughs> what what <laughs> I'm, what, like, the part about the teacher that bugged me, too, is when she's walking outside right before she gets um, taken by the scarecrow, she calls the students skanks. And it's like, oh, that, yeah. that rubbed me. I mean, I come from a family of teachers. You know, my husband was a teacher, and now he's a counselor. All of his, you know, his parents were teachers, his uncles, you know, everybody are, in our family is basically teachers. And none of us would ever, uh, you know, no. You know, I've never heard a teacher do that. Mm. And I'm sure there She's are She's just a bad teacher. Do. Yeah. Well, I think it would also emphasize the fact that she's also, you know, a drunk and going through her own her own stuff. Right. I think it would emphasize that. Yeah. Yeah. Another moment I really liked in in speaking of Jim Beaver and Bobby Singer was the the actress who who played Bobby Singer practicing her idiot and that's what Uh catches Sam and Dean. And when she points her finger like a gun and goes, You're Idiot. I, it's a terrible reading, but it's so wonderful in its terribleness. <laughs> and and I I just love it. And and you see Sam and Dean's heads just snap around, and when they hear the word idiot, of course. And 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 then that leads to the looks on their faces when they start watching the play rehearsal and realize it's them. It was just wonderful. I mean, I laughed and laughed, and they're so they're in such pain and horror and they're so mortified but it was just too funny it's just I don't have anything else to say about that except I thought it was funny and it made me laugh and I love you know we've always you know we've gotten hints through the years that Sam does not like the type of music that Dean likes you know Sam is not into the classic rock like Dean is you know mm-hmm. he, douche, he douched up the Impala with Jason Mann you know and uh, Dean was dead you know and everything the iPod um Right. So um, then when, you know, they, you know, Dean says there's no singing in Supernatural and if there was, it'd be classic rock. And Marie then said, you know, well, we do a cover of Carry On My Wayward Son. And Sam, you know, is like, no, he's like, you do. And, you know, he's like, does not yeah, like that. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Marie, Marie and Dean, it's a classic. I love how, you know, there's another hint, you know, Sam yep. does not appreciate the classic rock. Well, and here's yeah, a funny right. thing. There's a there's a post on Tumblr. It's funny that I reference Tumblr the most out of all of us, and I probably understand it the least. I don't get Tumblr. I, it makes me feel old. I don't get it. Um, but there's a post on Tumblr that somebody showed me where it's, uh, they're like, I would love it if the last scene we get of Supernatural is Sam and Dean driving off and Carry On Wayward Son comes on the radio and Dean turns off and goes, I hate that song. And at the end of it, and I was like, oh, that person mm. totally got their head cannon jost in this. I'm so sorry for them. <laughs> that was my, that's, that was my thought when, when he was like, it's a classic. I was like, oh, there's somebody out there going, my Tumblr post is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, um, and it was good to see Chuck. I mean, that was. Oh, so good to see him. Because I get last yes, week's was last week, but um, 
uh, we kind of talked about what our our ideas or predictions for how we would feel about the episode. And Becky and I said, it's got to be Chuck or Gabriel. It's got to be. And I really was leaning more towards it being Gabriel just because it's the Robbie Thompson episode. Um, And Robbie is who brought Gabriel back last year. And he also, um, they're friends. He and he and uh, Richard Spade are, are friends in real life. Like they know each other and they're really good friends and blah blah blah. So I was I was totally leaning in that direction, um, but I was happily surprised to see Rob Benedict. And I don't understand how I see Rob Benedict, but you know whatever. <laughs> Back to the emotional manipulation. I don't care either. Yes, I love Rob. Any anytime you get to see Rob, it's a good time. Yeah, I don't get it, but I don't care. <laughs> I like him. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, I like. Did I oh, I like the two hundred. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I liked the little um, nods to the number two hundred. I noticed a couple of them. Oh, cool. It's the Route 200 motel, and they were in room 200, and then the pancake cost $200. Well, and then there was, like, the $200 raffle, and... Yeah. And and I was thinking, you know, in the 100 episode, the only 100 I remember was they were staying in room 100. Yes. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say is, um, as much as I think we would have liked to see a lot of different, um, there was a lot of controversy <clears throat> with Mark and Misha not being in the episode and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think it does kind of come down to one of those things that if you can't, you can't include everyone. You just can't. Um, and with that storyline, I don't see how it would have fit in there anyway. Right. And, and case mm-hmm. in point, you know, even when you try, I'm the, I'm kind of going, yeah, but there's no Meg. How did you miss Meg? How do you have a yellow eyes and no Meg? Mm. So I think it, it, it it's so hard to please everybody. And while I think it went a little too far in, in terms of coddling fandom, I, I understand that you can't please everybody and you, you as, as a writer of a show that's so beloved, you want to try to please everybody and it's an impossibility. So mm. I think this was probably the best way to do that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I I was just thinking about about Sam and Dean, and they first find out about the play, and they and Dean is so traumatized, and he's upset and he's angry, and then Sam just kind of starts to roll with it, and he goes, I think that, you know it's kind of charming. You know, and then it's it, it could kind of work, and and then Dean gives him such a look; he's like he practically chokes on it, and he kind of stops. And I thought that was like a interesting, interesting. Yeah, and, and uh, I thought that was reaction, weird because and I that kind of carries on. Yeah, Sorry. I, I, I like actually really weird because I can't imagine someone walking in on the musical version of my life and finding it charming. I would be really weirded out. Not no no not charming. Yeah, I like Sam. Sam saying, "No, no, oh, okay." 
I like the way they played it, but I don't really agree with it. But the same way that I said I don't agree with Dean bopping his head along while his mother's burning. I just, nope, awkward, stop it, no. <laughs> it was, um, music was just too hard to resist. I don't know, maybe he wasn't even listening. I don't know. Yeah, that is kind of strange. I, I and have, Sam kind of rolling along with it. I think I did have another really good, uh, really interesting question. To me, it's interesting. See what you guys think. Um, remember when in, um, at the monster at the end of the book, the way Sam and Dean convinced Chuck that they are the real Sam and Dean is they say we're Sam and Dean Winchester, and Chuck says I never put the last name in the book. Mm-hmm. Yet, at the beginning of the episode, when the fake ghost pops down on the, to the girl on the couch, and Sam and Dean come to the door, and the girls say, "Ghosts meet Winchesters." Hmm. They I should bandwank it and tell you that maybe it was in the the last book, but the reality is, uh, it's a screw up. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, another thing, um, Marie gave Dean the Samulet, but then Dean is wearing it at the end of the play, and he shouldn't have been, because by then it was given to Dean. Ah, I didn't Of course, they could have, yeah, I, but I suppose they could have had another one. Just in case, a second crop. Yeah. I say in length. You say in length that all you want. Go ahead. Yeah. I say in length, but there was more than Hey. Whatever. (laughs) You do whatever you've got to do. Um, I guess I'm going to go with they messed up. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Yeah. I saw it and went, oops. (laughs) It's kind of like leaving Adam in the cage. You know, it's like, oops. (laughs) It's a mistake. Oh, well. But, yeah, I would like to know the reasoning between having one actress play two roles. While that does happen in high school productions because you sometimes don't have enough people or, you know, you whatever, um, I want to know why they did that in this particular instance. Well, she wasn't originally playing Sam. No, no. It was a different actor. The, the cast, the girl that played Cass and Adam. Oh, Adam. Adam and Cass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like Cass rehearsing ass butt, too. That cracked me up. She had a better singing <laughs> voice, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. She did have a really good singing voice. Well, yeah, that actress, uh, she said on her Twitter account that she's um, actually putting out an album soon. So. Oh, wow. No, I mean, no, singing, no wonder is singing is like singing voice. Yeah. Singing is like her thing. <laughs> but, um, like I said, overall, I give it a five. I give it a seven. <laughs> Tuesday, after I watched it, I'd have given it a five. But well, after my first watching, I gave it a three. <laughs> I was so like, what is this drivel? No. Um, it did grow on me a bit. Uh, I've watched it a total of four times now. Um, and it, it grew on me. Uh, it, it grew me to a five. 
like I said, part of it is that it's just not the kind of premise that I'm into anyway. Mm. I said, I well, I mean, I liked it. I know. It's like, isn't she going to give it? I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> not giving the number. <laughs> What's the number? Follow my um, lead. <clears throat> what? <laughs> Follow my lead. <clears throat> <laughs> Next week is the Clue episode. I'm so excited for that. So so excited for that. Not even. I I I, I really Um, really wonder if they put out the Clue episodes to be in connection with the game that's coming out. The actual supernatural Clue game. I I really wonder. I uh, now there's an episode. My expectations are rock bottom. So if I actually like it and enjoy it, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Well, I you know it's it's I by hope I'm wrong. It's by Kevin and Snyder, and they did they did the Purge last year, and I really enjoyed the Purge. So except for the end, which I suspect well, isn't right, but whatever. That's the point. <laughs> the point is, I actually like the Purge. <laughs> um, and. Uh, I'm trying to think of another episode they've done. I don't like they did the the mannequin episode, which I don't even remember. I, the I best know thing want, about know, the best thing about the mannequin episode is the name mannequin the, the reckoning. That's yeah, the best I, name I, ever. I know. I <laughs> yeah. know that I watched it. Okay, episode. Becky and I watched it together in a hotel room uh, with other people as well. So I know I watched it. I I remember nothing about it. No, no, that mm. was a completely different episode. Was it? That okay, was, but I know you yeah. and I did watch Reckoning together, though, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Um, but the episode that you're talking about um, was at Burkhan, and that yeah. was the one with the spiders, the spider. Oh guys. yeah, in the snow. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bad okay. episode. Yeah. Really. yeah. Bad also, don't really remember that episode either, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> See, if you don't remember what the episode's about, you know it's a bad one. <laughs> Basically. Um, I didn't yeah, remember I know the they... Purge at all. <laughs> I, really, like, I think Purge was the most mm-hmm. in-character episode of season nine. Purge is fish tacos. Yeah, fish tacos. Yes. Oh. And and Sam and Sam in a in shorts and yeah, oh, I really like that caramel episode. pudding. Good yeah. time. You know I I really liked that episode a lot. It's just it's like we talked about. Uh, you know, the farther along a show goes, the less I remember titles unless they particularly stand out for a reason. There's, I mean, it happens yeah, to me on every show. I can't, I can't remember. Buffy in season seven, but I can still name like all the titles from the first three seasons, you know. So yeah, I, it's just it happens. But no, I really like that episode actually a lot. Yeah, I I I maintain that it was the most in character episode of the season. Mm. Um, and well, if they wrote the clue episode, also did then, Dog you know, my expectations have come up a little bit. Yeah, they also did Dog Dean Afternoon, which was. Uh, Okay. Uh, um, I said my least favorite episodes seem to have a dog in them. So, yeah. 
Nothing is more hated than bloodlines, but that's okay. What's a bloodline? Yeah. No. Nope. Nope. It's the episode that must not be named. (laughs) I believe that's about it then. Yeah, I think we're we're down to closing in on three minutes left of our live show. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We hope you enjoyed. No surprise, nobody called in, but maybe we covered everything. Um, thank, and speaking of Collins, thank you so much to Jim Beaver for calling in and chatting for a while about his play uh, Verdigris, which um, is open for another 11 days in its Kickstarter. So you can go donate. There are many levels and many. Um, um, reward levels. I know that's not only, the right word, but only twenty-five. If you donate only twenty-five dollars, you get a personalized autograph photo from him. That's a heck of a deal, right there. It's way cheaper yeah, than getting an autograph from him on at uh, a convention. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think it's really fun. cool. He's doing Twitter shoutouts for everybody who donates. He does a Twitter shoutout, mm-hmm. which is right? that's fun. I like that. Yep. And it's coming along, so hopefully he'll get to do it. And it was great to talk to him about Supernatural uh, and the play. And like I said, if you just Google Jim Beaver and Verdigris, excuse me, V, like in Victor, E-R-D, like in David or Dean, I-G-R-I-S, um, it will, the Kickstarter's right at the top. So, or you can go to um, verdigristheplay.com, and that's, that's the website. Yes, yes, um, that too. So it was great to talk to him. Um, anything else? I We've had 200 episodes, but we haven't had quite 200 podcasts yet, or we haven't done 200 episodes worth of podcasts. We're still a little short. But uh, we are closing in on that. So that'll be quite a milestone for us to have 200 podcasts. Maybe we should do a musical podcast. <laughs> Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no. We, uh, we have to, like, pass around a really big bottle of wine to get us to sing our podcast, I think. Like, a lot. Right, right. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, anything else you want to mention? Anything people should be looking out for? Certainly check our Twitter, Winchester Bro, at Winchester Bros, or our Facebook, Winchester Bros. And our website, winchesterbros.com, for all the news, all the activities for Supernatural, anything you'd want to know, ratings, upcoming episodes, uh, news about all the actors and other projects. Um, that's it. Any, I think we're done with charity auctions. Team, the Levi Buddy Walk was last weekend. Went very well. Yep, they met their goal, $25,000. We raised, uh, it was almost $7,000 we were able to raise for them. So, very awesome. Um, we have about 30 seconds left, so thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.